Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican patois. And a fair start. A sofa pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt. It's a story of music, sport, and style. How its rhythms, athletes, and language went global. Pull up, pull up. This is how Jamaica conquered the world. My name is General Levy, and I'm located in Northwest London, England, UK. My name is Michael Riley, uh, spelt M-Y-K-A-E-L-L. Jungle is a combination of really an understanding of sound system, of understanding bass and understanding the drop. It's very difficult to explain the drop, which is the difference between maximum volume and silence. We grew up in an environment which was like a lot of West Indian music, reggae music, Calypso music, soca music. It was a very urban area that I grew up in in the 70s and the 80s. I'm Trinidadian heritage, but I had a stepfather basically grew me up from when I was born. So I kind of grew up with a Trinidadian a mother and, and a, um, a stepfather, who I called dad. It was more than a dad than my real dad because I didn't really see my real dad in all of my life. So this gentleman stood in and he was of Jamaican heritage and I kind of picked up a lot of the lingo and a lot of the culture and a lot of the vibe. It kind of benefited me when I came into the music. It could have been a part of one of the things which, which lured me towards even that as well, you know. It was a very influential, it was a positive role model as well. I mean, I grew up listening to there's the Bob Marley, then you get the Dennis Brown, Admiral Bailey to Papa Sam. In the 70s growing up, it was a very revolutionary time, you know. There was Peter Tosh, to Toots and the Matils, Jimmy Cliff, then you listen to Sparrow doing the Calypso. I mean, you listen to everything. 
Me and my friends used to go dance together. Black, white, Asian, we'd all go dance, listen to the same reggae music. Living in Northwest London, reggae was a very predominant baseline music, so it was a predominant music. Growing up in that area with sound systems playing out every week, Java, Cox and Sharla, Yardman, a sound called Emotions. So we grew up under this influence. It kind of rubbed off on, on every culture, I think, who grew up in that area. 8687. There was a station in um, Stonebridge called Traffic Jam. They used to play reggae all, all day, run by some Jamaican guys. They used to have a show called a Drop-In Show. And they would let us come in and, and chat some lyrics during the last half an hour of the show. That's what kind of really got our names early out there before we were doing records. This white kid come up to me one day and says, hey, I heard you on the radio last night. I was like, right. He thought I was Michael Jackson. He was, he was treating me like, I heard you on the radio last night, oh my God. I was like, right, this little radio station thing. They're just having a laugh. And the pirate radio stations is where you could pick up these tunes, these stations with this music. So sometimes you might be tuning your radio and you look for a good reggae station and you might buck up on one of them stations there. But the way how I kind of got into it more is because certain girls, and I'm chatting to them, they're playing this music. They did bopping the game nuts to this music. This is a new thing. You know what I mean? It was girl who showed me how, what was going on with this, with the house music and the jungle. And we was getting some nice pretty brown girls in this thing. And we got East London and we sit down with these girls. Even though we met them in our ragadar, but they had their little thing up East London, what they were doing kind of first my first introduction to hearing what's going on and knowing that there's a buzz about this music because in ours then that music weren't playing I started raving quite early, going to clubs and going and dance, more than most of my age group. I was often the youngest, not the shortest, because I was a tall youth, but I didn't look it. When this house music business came in, a lot of my peers, we call it disco music, we never liked the disco thing and we, we laughed after it. But me, being a younger amongst olders, I kind of had more of a tolerance of it. I knew that a lot of my friends my age were coming out and raving to this music. But because I'd been raving for a longer time in the reggae scene, but because I was younger, I was able to kind of see the beauty in both sides, both music. Brown and heavy. When we hear a little reggae voice in the tunes, they use kind of the reggae elements to make us warm to the music, to give the music some soul. At the back of our minds, we're thinking, boy, they just butchered a good reggae tune there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we give thanks for the little vibes that they show a little respect. Often it showed that they understand reggae because often they would use tunes. They were communicating with us. It was like a calling. They were calling us to say, it's an English thing, but we're still paying respect to the reggae massive. They needed to kind of draw in the reggae crowd to make it more of a fuller dance. And what you'll find is that the Caribbean community in the UK have always pulled on technology and the need to break down this barrier within music. That combination produces new genres. What they were doing, they were using our voices to kind of get our energy into their music because they didn't really have any vocals. They were just, just a music team they were dealing with and cutting up stuff and in the rave, quote, jungle scene at that time. I wasn't looking to become known as a jungle artist at all. I was doing reggae music, had awards, I was award winning. So 1993, I just signed a record deal with Polygram. At uh, that time, I was with my baby mother. I was hanging out over East 
when we finished raving at the Ragga Dance around 3, 4, but I passed through one of them raves there. One day, my, my baby mother at that time, Michelle, she told me that Marlon had a sample of my voice. It was a true core heat. And this was about 
One of the interesting things about the music community in the UK and that music community where it is of Jamaican origin is constantly striving to surface, to be seen, to be noticed, to breathe. And it's constantly being suppressed by the record companies, the A&Rs, the radio, the television, all the forms of media that turn around and say, look, this is not music that we play. This is not pop, in brackets. This is minority music. All the expressions they use has created a pressure point, a barrier, a hurdle that creatives have to get over, get round, get under, break down. And each time they come up against one of these break, uh, these barriers, a new genre evolves. These barriers are relentless. On average, it takes us about five years to create a genre with su sufficient force to break down one of these barriers. That community that has been brought up with sound systems and then had access to technology was looking to replicate what they've been brought up on. So if you was attempting to remix with digital technology, and in the early 90s that's exactly what was taking place, you've got a generation who's brought up with Jamaican culture, brought up with sound systems, brought up with dub, that are now attempting to make it in their own image. And that meant you had a very brittle sounding dub mix. You had the ability to sample now, so they're taking chunks of previously recorded music, but they're dubbing it very deliberately and very brutally with very early digital te technology. At Carnival, old school sound system uh, set up one side of the street. You got junglists on the other side. You'd see the sound system men dancing half time to the junglist tunes, and the junglists dancing double time to the sound system tunes. And there's points where you could hear samples of the sound system tracks as part of the junglist tracks. But both communities recognised the other. Because it was a hot summer, 1994. Well, Notting Hill Carnival was a beneficial thing as well because Incredible was a tune that everybody loved across the board. White people could dance to it because it was fast. Black people like it because of bass line. There's an MC chatting on it with some patois. It brought people together because when they mixed up the reggae with the, the kind of rave music, that formula, it worked. It was a unifying time. It was a beautiful time where you go to a rave and you'll see black and white people raving. Yo, convicts, yo, come on. I'll make a deal with you. If How Jamaica Conquer the World gets to 50 reviews in the UK and to 20 in the States, I'll continue the series after its scheduled run. So get reviewing if you want the good vibes to never end. A quick request. If you're of Jamaican origin and live in Florida, could you please send me an email at royfield at gmail.com as I've decided to do an extra show about the Jamaican impact on the Sunshine State. The email address is royfield at gmail.com spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter where we are at HowJamaica Also you can follow me personally and I must admit I have been very quiet on Twitter recently but I promise to get going again where I'm at Royfield You can follow us on 
Facebook where we are facebook.com forward slash how Jamaica also you can look at the website which has a lot of background information on the characters included on the show which is www.howjamaicaconquertheworld.com see you all next Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.